Tell someone next to you that God is supreme. God is supreme. God is supreme. The supremacy of God. Um, I was looking for the definition of supreme, or like that would be contextual to what I was going to share. Um, but one thing that was resounding is that God does whatever He pleases, whenever He pleases, to whomever He pleases. God does whatever He pleases, whenever He pleases, and to whomever He pleases. It's going to be hard to find someone who can take all those three boxes. Um, you can do, you might be able to do, you might, I mean, with all the money in the world, you might be able to do two out of three. Maybe you can do whatever to whomever. Maybe you can do whenever to whomever. Maybe you can do whatever to whomever. But to do all three things, to do whatever you want, whenever you want, to whomever you want, uh, I don't know if you can think of anybody that has all three. Anybody? That you know that, okay, this person can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, to whomever he wants. To say that, and that, to put it in context, what that just means is that he, can, he has all the power, can control time, and can influence anyone. So basically, you can go back in time and forward in time. So until we can do, until we do, until we have time travelers, I don't think anybody qualifies. But God is supreme, and in the supreme nature, He can do whatever He pleases, whenever He pleases, and to whomever He pleases. The key verse today is Acts ten thirty four B. Acts chapter 10, verse 34b, which says, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. And you can replace persons with, is no respecter of time, is no, respe- no respecter of space, is no respecter of persons. God does what he wants, when he wants, and to whom he wants. So today we're just going to be looking at like three scenarios or three setups taking these three factors in place. So the first is when God decides when well look at who, irrespective of what and when. So look at these three things. Look at who, irrespective of what and when. We'll look at what, irrespective of who and when. And we'll look at when, irrespective of who and what. Now, please uh, do follow me. I know it's, I know it's kind of like um, tongue twisting and could be circular in reasoning, but just follow me on this. Um, so yeah, let's look the first. The first. Um, who, irrespective of what and when. 
who you are with can make all things possible irrespective of what it is and when it is and that's god god can like we said being god irrespective of what the thing is or when it is can do whatever he wants a few examples to bring that to life is um if you look at second kings 20 verse 1 to 11 uh, the story of Ezekiel, uh, we'll just quickly skim through it as opposed to reading everything. Or if you have a fast reader, actually, you can read everything for us. Um, 2 Kings 20, verse 1 to 11. If you're a fast reader. So you hear with that you see this we see the story of Ezekiah is being pronounced oh they're going to die, it says put your house in order. And um we saw what he did there, he went to pray, we're like God, but I've served you well, I've done well, why why am I going to die? Like help me, save me. And Isaiah was not even far off, like he was still in the courts, just exiting, and God said, Okay, go back. Um tell him, okay, I'll heal him. In three days, he should go to the temple. I will add fifteen years to his life. Now that's 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 okay. There's nothing that I mean. We've heard people that God has healed and all. Um, but he went further and said, "Show me a sign that I will indeed live fifteen years more." Mm. And the the prophet said, "Okay, would you want the the shadow to go forward or backward?" Now, for many of us, we might not understand what that meant. Back in the day, they used the sundial to count time. So depending on how the sun fell on the dial, it tells you it was okay, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, or morning or evening. Now it was very easy for the sundial to go forward in the sense of okay, we have shorter, longer days and shorter nights, or, things, or shorter days and longer nights. So maybe. So uh, Ezekiel said, it was like, oh, it's so easy for that person to happen. Take it backwards. Now that essentially means that turn back time 10 degrees. 
Um, I don't know what kind of faith he had or why they would think that was actually going to even happen in the first place. But God did it. So who in this equation was all that was needed for that eventuality to come to pass? Ezekiah needed healing. That was the what. The healing and the long life was what, what needed to be done. Um, and time here was of essence. Time was, was needed to be controlled. But because God was in the equation, God said, okay, let the time go back. And the time actually went back. Let's imagine we actually just... Uh, so back then it was sundown, but let's imagine we actually just look at this clock now and, God, and say, oh God, we're really enjoying this service. We don't want it to end. Can you just take that minute hand from eight and take it back to six? And we just stood there and all of us just actually saw that hand all <laughs> go back to six. And many, many of us say, oh, there's a magnet on the other side. Or, <laughs> there must be some explanation. And we, actually carry, we, we all take our phones and our watches and we see the same thing. Everything went back to six. Uh, I think we'll be all alarmed <laughs> as to that. But again, because God is supreme. God does not respect time. He doesn't say, oh, because he has gone forward, like ask me something else that, that makes sense. No, it was like, okay, let's go back 10 degrees. And so God took back time. And there are so many examples of it, of, of such things in the Bible that has happened and will never happen again. Um, another good example that comes to mind is bringing down the walls of Jericho. Architecturally speaking, that wall cannot be brought down by people just marching around it and making noise. It did not, it did not make sense. Many scientists have said, oh, it was the vibration or the, this thing. But even reconstructing the wall today like, and the vibration that you actually put there to say those people actually made the wall crumble um, was only God. And if you notice, God gave them specific instructions. They say, oh, just get there, make noise to come down. We're like, no. Like you said, matched around the, time, around the time, seven times. So one day, one day, one go one time, stop. The seventh day goes seven times. Why seven? Why not just like go one time the last day and then make a joyful noise? And so all of this, because again, God gave the instructions. The what um, did not matter. Now the when, how many times they went around did not matter. God just told them to do that and we saw the result of it. Another example that comes to mind is uh, the miracle of um, the, the floating axe head. Um, scientifically, we cannot prove, we can't show how that's possible for wood to sink and for metal to float. But it happened. The people, the laborers lost the axe head in um, 2 Kings 6 verse 6. Um, and Elijah was like, oh, where did it fall? And he showed them the place and they put the wood there and the axe head floats. Came to, came, came to the surface. Um, again, God at work. Bitter water. If I give you the most bitter water today and I say, put all the salt you have in the world in it, it's not going to make it sweet. But we saw here, I got an instruction, God said, oh, people are complaining about the water being bitter. Put some salt in it. And it did that, and salt became sweet. Water turned to wine, again, because God in form of Jesus was there, it did not matter as to what it was. It did not, it did not also respect the time because it said, oh, normally people bring the bad wine and then the, the, people bring the good wine at the, at, at the very start of the, of the ceremony and then people are drunk, they bring the worst wine. 
So God didn't respect the timing of, oh, let me, let me turn this water to a wine that is sub-standard so that I still follow what the timeline of wine drinking is at first. So we're like, no, it turned water to wine and it is in a time and it didn't respect the time as well as to when or what type of wine should have been made. So again, so many examples in the Bible of God stepping into situations or doing things that do not take into account what the thing is or when the thing is to be. So that's the kind of God we serve, a God who is supreme. Let's go, to the, let's go on to the, the next section, which is the what. So what irrespective of who and when. So God can choose to ignore the status of the person God can choose to ignore the status of anyone. Like we said, we said in our key verse, said he's a respecter of no persons. He's not one that will say, oh, because you are this, I'm going to relate to you this way. Or because you are that, I'm going to treat you this other way. He said he's a respecter of no man. Of course, in context of that verse, you're talking about salvation to Jews and Gentiles. Uh, but the same applies as well to, to what we're talking about here today. He said God can... Does not can ignore the status of what he wants to do, uh, and actually uh, of who he wants to do something for, and actually what he wants to do or who he wants to use. So, so let's let's look at um, David. If you look at First Samuel sixteen verse eleven, popular story, Samuel arrives to anoint the king. What did he tell Jesse? Bring all your sons. Now Jesse brought his sons, and left out David. So in that sense, David did not even have the status of son. Because if you come to, I mean, you just imagine your, your father, you have, two, you have three sons, and someone says, okay, come, bring out your sons. And you bring out two. It just means that in your mind, you've not considered that third one a son yet. Now we could say, okay, maybe just meant he's not of age to become king, so let's leave him, he's still a child. But still, Samuel asked a simple question. He said, bring all your sons out. As long as you are born a boy, you are a son. But here we saw Jesse look, overlook the status of, his, um, of David and brought out everyone else but him. Um, and then when first one came, second one came, and he said, is this all? I'm like, oh no, there is one tending for the ships. And Samuel said, go bring him. We will not sit down until he gets here. And we see, we see what, all God, what God did through David. How he brought salvation to the, to, to the Israelites. How he became king. How he, wanted to, like, he had a heart for God. How he, built, he wanted to build God's temple. But still, he, did not, he was not allowed to because of his atrocities and all. But again, God did, not, God did not look and say, Oh, I'm actually going to choose the firstborn. Because someone said, Oh, this first one is so is strong, is handsome, is tall, is kingly. Like... And God said, no. So God does not rest. God had, again, he would do what he wants. He wanted David, and then he used David. He chose David, irrespective of the status that he had. Um, if you look at the genealogy of Jesus as well, there are some interesting names that pop out, and you're like, how? How did these people get on the list? <laughs> Example of those, um, Ruth and Naomi. Um, and you're like, Naomi, like, so we know that had a very bitter experience and life. Roots, who we know are what she had to do, like, trying to, like, scrape for pieces, 
um, in Boaz's farm, and they said, okay, they, are, they were intentionally leaving things for us to pick to see the level at which it was actually like um, um, uh, lacking. Uh, Boaz was telling uh, was telling his men, he was like, oh, when this lady is coming, just like purposely leave things so she can actually like gather gather those things. Um, and going through all of that only to become the great grandmother because again from her came Obed and Jesse and David and all the way to Jesus as well. Um, there's another name that stands out in that genealogy which there's a little bit of contest as to if she's the same person and that's Rahab the, the harlot. Um, Rahab the harlot was one that, that, that was used um, when you look at Hebrews. They said um, a faith was counted to her as righteousness because when they sent spies to Jericho to go spy the place and all, she was only actually like hosted and housed them. Um, and that name actually also come as well because like which was like the great great grandmother of, of Boaz as well. Um, and so when you see a harlot in the same tread line that led, led to that leads to Jesus, and you're like, God does not respect, does not say, oh, because you're a harlot, I, I won't bring anything from you. Um, we say we heard when they when they're telling um, oh Jesus of Nazareth like Nazareth seriously Nazareth said so what good thing can come from Nazareth like again the lowest of places there like, where people are actually like ignore it's like saying Panel Street <laughs> Panel Street what can come from Panel Street or if you are if you are from the UK Peckham ah. What is what could can come from Peck? And so again, God does not care about doesn't respect where you come from. My father actually always says that a lot because we come from um, Ijebuode, but actually from Idode, and it was like, oh, Ijebuode in itself is outside, and then you now go to like Idode, which is like even like the outside of outside the outside. Like after Idode, there's nothing. Like there's no nice village. Like this is the last place you get to. And God actually bringing him to where he, he was. And so God, looking again, doesn't care about the status, doesn't care about our, oh, say, oh God, maybe God is not taking me to this place because I come from this background or because this is my past or my experience. He said, no, no, no. He said, God will do what he wants and to who he wants um, without respecting the, the status of the person. Uh, and a few other examples were the lepers, which is, again, this is one of the, beautiful, the most beautiful stories I've ever heard in the Bible before. Lepers that were saying, oh, well, we are here, we have been outcast, and if we enter the city, they will kill us, they will die, we will die. Let's just go to this camp where these Amalekites people are, and just, let's see what we, at least, let's go and see if we can get something, or they will kill us, they will die, at least we will die, sure. And they got there, and said, where do they come? He said, God made their, their feet sound like horses. And everybody was like, ah, the Israelites, they want to go and they've gotten horses from, from Pharaoh, from Egypt, so, and that's actually Second Kings, if you, if you have the time to later in the day, Second Kings 7, 3 to 20. Um, and they got there and they were like, ah, the old camp is empty, like there's nothing, everybody has run away. Ah, they entered the first tent, they ate, 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 ate. Entered the second tent, they ate, 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 ate. <laughs> They're like, ah, all of us cannot eat this thing. Let's go and tell the, the king. Let's go and tell the people that this poor have run away. And he used the lepers to bring about. Because if they, if they kept quiet, those Israelites would still be in their siege saying, well, this is plastic camp outside. Well, all of us will die here. But God actually used the lepers to bring the good news that, oh. So just imagine those people bringing that. To those lepers, you think the lepers will not because they will still be seen as lepers after bringing that news. Like, no, they, they might still be lepers, they might be unclean, but they would have their like, status and, and respect that, oh, this probably brought about salvation to us. So again, not care about the status, God used lepers. 
um, to bring about victory to the, to the Israelites. And then uh, if we look at Acts 4, verse 13. Um, can, you, can we quickly read that? Acts 4, 13. Anybody there? And this is something that I pray that God, um, that pray, I pray that we get to experience. Unlearned men, like they did not go to school. Unlike Paul, Paul was a Pharisee. Paul, Paul was very learned. He knew the word. He was born into it. But Peter here, Peter, John, the disciples, the people were, they were unlearned, they didn't have formal education. Um, but when they spoke with boldness, people marveled. And they were like, huh, they had been with Jesus. Like, I, mean, I, I don't think you need to evangelize once you get to that place. Because again, the thing of, oh, I see how you're living, I, see, I, I, I know who you are. Like, we all know where you were born. You know what I've asked uh, you about it, like, ah, we're there, we're there when you, when you started. Like, they knew their, their story. It wasn't like a thing of, oh, these are girls came out of town and we don't know what their story. They knew their background, and they lived with them. They post-marked like bats for bits for them and were babysitting them when they were growing up. So I guess we didn't go to school, but they had, something is different about them. So they spoke with boldness and they marveled and they're like, huh? Those have been with Jesus. And so again, unlearned men being used here as, and we saw Peter with like, things that God did to him, his shadow healing people, like even just walking past and shadow healing people, um, his handkerchief, we saw what he did, um, how his place, he only his place in the church of God, because um, Christ told him, was like, Peter, um, you are the rock on which I will beat my church. And so, for someone that was unlearned, God didn't go and look for the PhD order. I didn't go and look for the PhD in theology order or the Pharisee or Nicodemus. It was an unlearned man that said, it's you that I will build my church upon. And so that tells us that God being supreme can take anybody, irrespective of our backgrounds, irrespective of our qualifications. Don't look at a job and say, oh, I'm not qualified or oh, I don't have what it takes. You, if, if you have God with you, it gives you that confidence and that boldness and you're like, yes, and it will give you the, the vision and the wisdom. That, I mean, for, I mean, not to, be, I mean, not to play downplay Joseph's counsel. Like, of course, when we read the story, we're like, oh, that makes sense. Save for seven years so that you can actually, like, eat for another seven years. But that was not an easy thing to come by. Like, when you had that kind of dream, like, your default state is that, oh, we're all going to die. Because, like, again, it's clear. It was like there were seven, seven good years and there were seven bad years. Like, okay, what are we going to do about this? I mean, it was, it was a very difficult state to be put in. It was like pretty much like an interview on the spot. Because I've interpreted your dream and then you're asking me for a solution there and then. And I'm very sure if you didn't have anything for him, you would have, <laughs> like, well, you bear bad news. Go and, go and cut to hell with your head, cut off his head. But there and there, God gave him the, the wisdom to say, oh, okay. Now that we have surplus for seven years, let's build up stores and all and save these things. And he didn't just save for just the Egyptians. He saved to the point that people are traveling from all over the world to come buy. So it was an investment as well. So again, for us to look at a situation and say, oh, this is, things are dire, but this is how I'm going to come out of this and even make this an opportunity. 
it's only God in his supreme nature that would give such such wisdom. And so again, taking someone like Joseph who <laughs> did not have a I mean he didn't go to business school, all his experience was being a slave in Potiphar's, Potiphar's house to being a steward, a guard, a, a, a steward in the prison. And all of that experience was what he now became to become a manager, a prime minister of, of a whole country uh, or a, a whole empire. It just shows that God on one side would give would, and is all that we need. Um, and again, he doesn't respect our status or he doesn't respect, he disregards um, what we are or who we are. And then finally, when, the when, um, when irrespective of who and what, God honors season, uh, seasons, and when certain things are done, results follow. Um, Genesis 8.22, the law of planting and sowing, said this would never end. There is no way you can, and this, this is not like, oh, it only applies to Christians. If a Muslim gives, a Muslim gets. It's not, if a pagan gives, a pagan gets. When sun shines, if you all of us dry our clothes outside, the unbeliever, the criminal, their clothes will see dry. There are things that are universal that God would respect. God honors seasons. When you plant, you reap. When you study hard, you succeed. When you work hard, you're, you're successful. Of course, with grace and with God, you can, you can succeed more. You can excel more. You can, you can get more. But there are some universal truth that God respects. With the caveat that in the supremeness, you can choose to ignore them. We've heard stories of people that walked in rain and the rain did not touch them. That's God in God. Um, but again, there are things that are universal. Um, John 3.16, For God so loved the world, I gave it only because it's on that whosoever believes in him shall not die but have everlasting life. Full stop. There's no comma. There's no, there's no oh, what if the... No, son has died. If you believe, you will not die. Everlasting life guaranteed. Full stop. There is no question about it. So when someone says, oh, but what about it? What about it? Jesus has died. It's done. Do you believe? Yes, you will not die. Everlasting life is guaranteed. So there are some things that God would respect when we definitely do our own part. Um, there are many promises in the Bible. When you do X, Y happens. Um, the Beatitudes, blessed are they. For they shall blessed are they. For they shall, they are all there. They are something that they are all for us. But are we doing our part so that God actually honors His part? Pay your tithe. I will bless you, and rebuke devourer for you. Malachi three eight. Um, also, um, honor your father and mother, that you may live long. The first um, commandment with a promise to it. And this is, I mean, there are the good things, but there are also the the, the bad too as well. Like again, said in first, if you look at First Corinthians eleven twenty seven to thirty, eating the holy communion unlawfully, um, said this is why some of you fall sick and do so unto death. And uh, we saw in a very popular verse that we read Romans six twenty three, the wages of sin is death. There is no oath. I sinned. I sinned in this condition, or I am this person that I've sinned. So my case is different. We're like no, for all, the wages of sin is death. So in summary, let's not forget we serve a God that does whatever he wants. Um, and he has given us the power to do so as well. Uh, we see Philippians 4 verse 13, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So we being gods as, as well, we being, um, um, uh, we being sons of gods and daughters of gods, 
we we also can do whatever he has given us the power to do so as well because he's supreme um and also he does when he does like whatever he does whenever he wants to because again he makes all things beautiful in his own time uh, it Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11 uh, as long as we tarry and wait for it uh, Habakkuk 2 verse 3 so when 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 we ask for when we pray about things from God and say oh God uh, why have you not done this like it's not it's not like God is not powerful enough or it's not about that oh like oh he's not hearing you like also the time as well like God will do whatever he wants whenever he wants so rather than you push God's hand um, and say oh God like do it now 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 it's like oh God like give me the grace to actually tarry give me the grace to tarry and wait for your perfect timing. And again, he said he does what he does um, to whomever he wants to. Um, if you look at John 15, verse 16, that's the last verse for today. Let us read that. John 15, verse 16. John 15, 16. So you did not choose me, mm. but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Mm. And that your foot should remain. Yeah. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, mm. you may give me. Said we do not we did not choose him. Um so many of us were always like uh say, Oh God, uh, but I love you now. It's like no 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 no. He first loved us before we loved him back. Um he said for you did not choose me, but I chose you. And so because he has chosen us, uh which we were, we were praying earlier today was like of all the people in the world, like he chose us, he chose to have a relationship with us, to know us by our names. Um, and for him to be our God, uh, it's a privilege. And so let's not forget that God is supreme. Um, he does whatever he wants. He does whatever he wants uh, and he, to whomever he wants. And let us pray that we will fall on the good side of all of these things um, and also live as well in that supremacy, knowing that he is our God. We will not be intimidated by just anything. Uh, we will not um, fall by the wayside in due to lack of hope and faith. And... Um, we ourselves would would live in that supremacy. Let's live it as that. We live in that supremacy. Uh, it's it's and it's very important, very important because now, like we have seen in the in the Bible study, why are we lukewarm? Why are we not bold? Why are we not strong? Why are we why are we being easily influenced and swayed? And it's mostly because we forget about who, which kind of I mean, the God that we that we serve. We don't know how supreme he is, and if we do, we remind ourselves of that, then we definitely will be stronger and bolder. And I pray we'll continue to see God this way um, as we live our lives for him in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Just bow down in our heads for I just say a quick prayer and um, just tell God, God, give me the grace to acknowledge and live in your supremacy. Let me.